Hi, everyone. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. This episode is not the Olympics because the Olympics are still on. It's never ending. And while murder is not an Olympic sport yet. Nor shall it ever be. It's more of a winter games thing. uh, We are going to be recapping Toxic. (laughs) Baby, can't you see? I can't sing Britney Spears. Hashtag free Britney. This episode is, it's on Peacock. There's at least two toxics, maybe more. There's might be seven. This one, season 21, episode 31. And it aired on April 3rd, 2013. And it was requested by our Patreon, Pam, who's like the most lovely, supportive person. She'll just occasionally give messages like, I just want to say you guys are doing a great job. Out of nowhere. That's the sweetest thing ever. Yeah. Thank you, Pam. Pam, Pam. Pam, Pam, Pam. Pamela Ding Dong. But you know that Pam, Pam, Pam is like episode one. Is it? Hands up if you know that reference. Comment below. This episode is hosted by Hoda Kotb. What? In honor of the Olympics. She's always at the Olympics. So there you go. I made it full circle. Why is she hosting Dateline? No idea. Does she host other episodes of Dateline? No idea. I'd like to make a request that next week we can have one of our five. I just randomly keep picking old ones that have Kate Snow on them. I'm beginning to feel like it's on purpose and I'm weirdly taking it personal. I'm not sure. We're getting a summer break from our hosts and then we'll miss them even more when we see them again. Okay. I don't like it. Because our Patreon episode, The Murdered Major, was hosted by... Keith. Oh, so there, I did do one. So don't complain. I gave you a real host. I'm picking next week. Okay, fine. And I don't want any complaints. And it's probably going to be someone that's not one of the five. (laughs) Because this is what happens when you make a fuss. You make a fuss and this is what happens. Well, you know who we haven't had in a while? Craig Melvin. Let's get him in there. Let's not. Okay. So we see if anyone's new to the show, it's normally one of four hosts, now five hosts with Natalie Morales. We have nicknames for them. We're obsessed with them. But for some reason, I've been picking episodes with random other hosts. It's just out of the blue. Like Chris Hansen. Yeah, it's weird. So we see a bunch of like garages at the beginning and they become sort of the backdrop for anytime they do anything tech savvy. The graphics people have lines of dialogue running across the top of the garage roof like rain flowing through a gutter. I don't understand what it's supposed to be, why it's there, what's... I mean, I get, I guess why it's there, but... It's really tech heavy, this episode, right? Was it just me? No, every episode also that I'm picking is like, they have a different graphics guy and then he got fired or promoted to another show and then moved on. So then the next guy comes in, does a whole new thing and you think it's going to be the their thing, the Dateline thing, and then they switch to something else. Maybe this is just, there was a few year period where they were trying stuff out. Yeah, I like it. Maybe? Okay. Yeah, it was their college years. They were experimenting. There we go. Yeah. So we are seeing the words fly across the roof, words that told a different story. Hoda's talking a lot about words. So I didn't write anything down. Normally we get something really metaphorical from Keith, but we didn't this time. It was slightly metaphorical. It just it was wasn't. Little. It wasn't Keith. So I don't. Know. We are in suburban Philly. Kevin grew up with a younger sister who is very pretty, Michelle, 
Kevin was a protective brother. Wait, I don't think I wrote down Kevin's last name. So I better look that up. I'm sorry. Let me go ahead and help you. Kevin Mangle. Thank you. That's really embarrassing. It also is one of my titles, so I need you to say it. Okay. Kevin Mangle. Kevin was a protective big brother. Their parents got a divorce. He said, I will never get a divorce ever. I am a monogamous guy and I also have a mullet. And the back was a mullet and then the top was greased lightning like a T-bird. Sometimes. Sometimes. This is a fascinating look. But this was when he was 20. I will forgive him. He did tend to keep it long in the back, though, for a minute. I don't think he ever really got rid of the mullet. And if he ever cut it, it was still in his heart, like most people's mullets. Do you think they called him mullet mangle? Yeah. Okay. So he starts dating Morgan. And she was a good girl who graduated from an exclusive Catholic girls' school. Always bodes well. Michelle, the sister, liked Morgan. She gave her approval. Kevin's friends gave their approval, but they also gave their approval seemingly on that mullet. So do we trust them? Yeah, because mullets were cool. You just forget. Kevin was getting what he always wanted, a wife and a kid and a mullet. And a great mullet. Great mullet. He loved being a dad. They had three kids. His own relationship with his dad was strained and they didn't talk for years, but they had patched things up in 2010, which is when our story takes place. They were closer than ever. They were going to visit the dad with the grandkids for Father's Day. But the morning of Father's Day, Morgan texts the dad and says, due to unforeseen circumstances, which is so formal and doesn't really go with other texts that we get later in the episode, due to unforeseen circumstances, like Kevin maybe being dead because this is Dateline. We cannot come over today. I'm very sorry. And Michelle's like, something's wrong. He was way too excited. He just reunited with the dad. He was so pumped about this Father's Day thing. And then we see Kevin's face on the wall of the garage. And Hoda asks, where is he? His face, he's in the garage. What are those garages? No idea. I'm assuming it is the garage that he works in. But we never see it. He had a landscape business. So we're guessing that that was the garage or the garage for the townhouse because they lived in like an apartment. They look like apartment garages. Yeah, I think it did. I think it was the apartment. But I was thinking like they they call it like the garage when they go to the landscaping business. Right. I'm guessing it was a converted like a large. I don't know. We don't know. It's it's unclear. It's never specified. We don't know why these pictures are being projected. The entire visuals of the episode surround this garage that we don't know what it is. It's like an episode of Blood Relatives on IT. So Morgan is saying Kevin took off. He said the marriage is over and he's already been gone for two days by the time that it was Father's Day. He said he had to get away to clear his head. He doesn't want to talk to anyone. And the family kind of buys it because apparently every August, like clockwork around their anniversary, Morgan would up and leave. And Kevin would call his sister crying and saying, I love her. I can't help it. And then Morgan would return and they would be as good as newlyweds and she would act like nothing happened. That's normal, right? You're married. That sounds miserable for everybody involved. The August year itch. And it happens every year. It's the heat. So the families thinks maybe it could happen, but usually Kevin is never the one that leaves. He is die hard into this marriage, no pun intended. So he hasn't reached out to anyone except his mom. And he sends her a text. We don't know what the text says. It seems to freak her out. Unsure. I wish they had told us what it was. But 
this episode is a little strange. So she freaks out. She goes to the police and the police think she's overreacting because he's obviously not missing if he's texting people. And an officer calls the family and says, well, we know for sure he's not missing because we stopped by the check cashing place because we were cashing our checks, our policeman checks. And we talked to the owner and check cashing Johnny, Johnny check cash, Johnny's check cash. Johnny's EC. Johnny's JCC said, I saw Kevin across the street. So Johnny check cash is obviously soups reliable. But he knows him. He knows him well. And he's known as the knowledge, the wise man of the town. If you need advice, you go speak to Johnny check cash. I would kind of trust the check cashing guy. Also, what else has he got to do? Just looking out the window doing scratchers or whatever. He should be cashing people's checks. He might not be doing scratchers. I don't know if that's allowed at the check cashing place. Is he a bookie on the side? I kind of feel like he is. I feel like check cashing places have the vending machines filled with scratchers. Am I wrong? No, I feel like that makes sense. You cash your check, put 20 in the scratcher machine. Yeah. I feel like there might be an illegal gambling ring in the back too. I feel like a lot goes on at check cashing places. I know we've definitely maybe besmirched JCC. So apologies. We don't think that you're a criminal. Johnny, we don't know you, but I, I don't know if you really saw Kevin. I want to know your eyesight. I want to do a full on my cousin Vinny test in the thing with the testing measuring tape, how far he can see and then holds up fingers and then he's hold, the wrong number. Johnny needs glasses and he doesn't like to wear them because he's a little vain. And he doesn't want to admit it. And I don't think he saw Kevin. Did Kevin have a mullet at the time that he went missing? Great question. Because I feel like that makes a difference if you're going to just miss him or if you're definitely going to see him. It's a great point. No, it really is. Thank you. So they say, well, he's obviously not missing because of JCC. So finally, Kevin texts the dad saying, doing okay, I just need time away. And Michelle, the sister, receives, hey, sis, I'm fine. I don't want to talk to anyone. What have we said about the use of a pronoun? No, I don't know what the, that word is. Sis, bro, hi, brother. Hey, brother. Hey, sisters. That's funny. We both did two different things at the same time. Yours was more palatable. Oh, but sorry. I did James Charles, who has a palate. Okay. That was a, like layers deep joke. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't like that. When someone says like, hey, sister, hey, sis, unless you say that all the time, in which case that's okay, fine. But I would think it was weird. I feel like most sisters have nicknames for each other. That aren't sis. In my experience, seeing I have sisters and my nieces, their their nickname is Diddy. Diddy means sissy, like sister. So it's where's your Diddy? But I feel like a lot of kids have similar things. Well, that's fine. Nicknames are absolutely fine, but I don't feel like you call the person sister or brother in a text unless you are not the person texting because you're obviously dead. So, oh, I see. Like, I've gone to see our dad, James. Be like, you know his dad, what the dad's name is. Why did you say that? It's very, it's the exposition that you do in a movie where you're like, hi, Joanna, my big sister who just got married and was promoted at her job where she's an esthetician. And then you're like, oh, okay, I understand what's happening. Yeah, that's a really good point. I feel like 
the person who is sending these texts, who's obviously not who it's supposed to be, I feel like they should have read the texts above and see, okay, if you text like maybe once every couple of weeks to that person, maybe a hey sis is okay. Right. If not, you need to see, oh, they just texted them yesterday morning. And so you need to continue it in the vein that it was done. Not all of a sudden, new person. I say search the text text thread for the word sis. See if it's ever been used before. There you go. Oh, I would not think to do that. Yeah, that's what I would do. Yeah, that's good. You're good. You're going to get away with it. Well, it's like matching handwriting samples, except nowadays you're matching text samples. So you're looking for patterns in the way people text. You see what I'm saying? I could be that new. I mean, those people who are handwriting specialists, they study for years, but I'm self-taught. So self-taught text expert. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So Michelle thinks it's weird. She didn't like it. And in the text, he says, worry about Morgan. She's the one you should be worried about, which is weird because Morgan is hashtag thriving. She's living her best life. The couple apparently owned a landscape company and she shows up on Monday telling the crew, I'm in charge. I'm the captain now. And I'm boss Morgan. And an employee said there were things that were weird right away. This employee's name is Al and he loves to gossip. I think he should be a guest on other datelines. He's really into telling stories and gives us the tea or the motor oil, as you were. He says the garage was spotless. There are no oil stains on the floor. Normally, it was very, very dirty. And he noticed Morgan is flirting with a 21-year-old employee named Steve Chappelle. And Hmm. she even said to, she said, Al, Steve knows what color underwear I have on, which is just not. No, it's annoying. It's Is that an appropriate workplace topic? Maybe if you work at Victoria's Secret. A, no, it's disgusting. And to me, it's like the most irritating kind of attention seeking behavior. Yes. Because it's using your sensuality to be like, you know what I'm saying? It's very, look at me. And Steve goes, pink with black stripes. Barf. High five. Not the pink with black stripes. That's fine. Steve sounds like a bag of wieners. And I feel like he wanted a high five from Al for knowing what color her underwear was. What a weird way to like announce that like you may have slept with your employee. Why would you even do that? Yeah. Your husband's missing. She wants everyone to think that she's like sexy and fun. No one thinks you're sexy and fun when your husband's a really good guy and they actually kind of respect him. They just think that. No, they think that you have issues. You're garbage. Yeah. Yeah. So Al would call Morgan with questions about work and Steve would answer her phone. And Al thinks this whole thing is so weird. This kid mows lawns. He's 21. Why is he acting like he's in charge now? What's happening? And Michelle knows Steve. She had met him when he was doing work on her yard. And she thought he was so polite, just a polite young kid. So she drives by the development, the apartment complex during the workday. And she sees Morgan and the kids swimming with Steve in the middle of the day and a workday. What's like, he's acting like he's king of the castle. What's happening? And Michelle is immediately like, Morgan's having another affair. And we say another. That's probably why they have affairs. I mean, fights every August because she has affairs every August, but every month ending in a Y. Does that make sense? In a Y? 
There's not that many. <laughs> January, February, July. It's days that end in a Y. That's the joke. But months that end in a Y. I think they, I mean, they have affairs around, obviously they have affairs around the anniversary. So that must be the time that like he feels like he can speak up or something. I don't know. I don't know what their relationship is like. It seems horrible. Their dynamic is odd. Yeah. It's soul crushing. If Keith was hosting, he'd be like, their relationship was odd. Odd. Yeah, he was. Yeah. So Hoda says to us, is that why Kevin left? Kevin is dead, Hoda. I don't know how to tell Hoda because Hoda's never hosted a Dateline before. She doesn't know. Like, I feel like we need to break it to her that Kevin is obviously deceased. No, she's a professional. Deep down, she knows. She'll get there eventually. So then she tells us, Kevin finally had a statement to make in the most public way possible in 2010. He posted on Facebook, which was his official announcement. His update status wants to be left alone, which is Mm. my new response to every text message, voicemail, email, carrier pigeon that I get for the rest of the summer because I will be playing Best Fiends and I want to be left alone. You need privacy for that. I do. I plan to spend my middle-aged girl summer. Hashtag. Just barely keeping it together, girl summer. Doing the best I can, girl summer. Yeah. Learning to like me, summer. (laughs) Yes, that's better. That's more positive. Playing best fiends. I'm happy things are returning to normal this summer, but I'm not ready to go like scuba diving or anything. I need to wade my way back into going the going outside water. So most of my adventures are going to be playing Best Fiends, adventures in my brain, adventuring my brain, exercising my brain. That counts as exercise, right? Exercise and advent- with adventures in your brain. Yeah, that counts as exercise, right? If my doctor's like, how often are you exercising? Done. I'm living my best life this summer. Killing slugs on Best Fiends is my water skiing. I love that you can play casually for a few minutes. You know, like when you're working and you need to give yourself rewards to do the most basic adulting things, like calling the insurance company or writing one more paragraph and you say, I can play one level of Best Fiends if I do this one, finish this one sentence. Then some always that one sense is too hard. And you're like, if I just type three more words, then I get to take a break and play a level of Best Fiends. And then it's like, okay, I did that. That was my reward. Back to work. Or if I'm feeling stressed and it's a self-care day, then I play the entire day. It's really up to me. It's flexible. I've tried other games on my phone and I get bored so quickly because they're super repetitive. They are the Dateline equivalent of uh, another stage robbery. We get it. But Best Fiends is constantly changing up things with different graphics and challenges and themes. And you use your brain and your strategy to pick each character based on their abilities, which is teaching me about life. Like, I love Dougie. He's one of my favorites. He's good at making green things. But sometimes I need vertical power, and that's when Vincent's my man. Everyone can't be good at everything, and that's okay, Kimberly. I learned something. I'm on level 2095, Just just a lot. And I'm just super proud. And I also have tons of new listener best fiend friends that I've shared codes with. And I want all of you to join me. So download the five-star rated puzzle game, Best Fiends, free today on the App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Ooh, you're my best fiend. Thank you, best fiends. Ooh, you're making me live. I love you, Dougie. Dougie's the cutest thing ever. So 
his friends got this Facebook, Kevin's friends got this Facebook update and they're like, he wants to be left alone. We're leaving him alone. One of them says, I was like, it's fine. Maybe he's having a nervous breakdown or something. It's fine. We'll give him space. Which what? What? What friend said that? The one friend with the married, the wife. What are you talking about? They were very fancy. You think he's having a nervous breakdown and you leave him alone? I don't I don't like these friends anymore. Well, I mean, some people just don't want to get involved. Some people are like, well, that's none of my business. Right. That's true. They have someone else that they could talk to about it, but they might not. So friends, you should be reaching out. You should be reaching out just to say hi, checking on you. Even if they say, I don't I want to be left alone, maybe that's the time you don't leave them alone. Yeah, I think that they're covering their backs on this. Maybe. Also, we don't see them very much. No. I thought that they were going to be a huge part. They get B-roll walking. And I was like, oh, they're our big friend interview. Absolutely not. We see them for like three times, maybe. Not worthy of B-roll. Not as fancy a B-roll as they get. They get like grade A B-roll. Hoda insisted. She's all over the place. So Michelle, the sister, says, I don't think so. Something's not right. That update came from a computer, not his cell phone. Because apparently you can tell. I don't do Facebook. I don't really know. Maybe there's like a little symbol, I think she says, that shows a cell phone. I don't know. But she realizes it's not coming from a cell phone. He does everything on his cell phone. And she also feels like the wording on his text was weird. Like the sis, hello. Yeah. And so the family says, if the police aren't investigating... We are. So there's a huge storm taking down power lines, which is not important at all, which is the one thing that Hoda does in a traditional dateline fashion, which we have a symbolic storm that means nothing to the episode. And great job. Usually it is at the beginning of the episode and the very end of the episode and never in between. But it is a metaphor for what's happening here. They just really just mention it and that's it. A week goes by. The family is freaking out that they haven't heard from Kevin. The dad writes Kevin, call me, speak to a family member. And Kevin writes back, I am speaking to a family member. I'm speaking to my wife. (laughs) Which that was the tone I read it in. I'm not sure if that was the actual tone. but (laughs) I feel like that's the tone. Correct. That's how I would have read it. Yeah. And so he is speaking to Morgan, apparently, this whole time. Except that it's not him. And they finally start to realize these messages are not from Kevin. Michelle says, just tell me the street that we grew up on and I'll leave you alone. And he doesn't do it, which my brother wouldn't know the answer to that either. But it's good. It's always good. Do a test question or set up a test question ahead of time in case you're kidnapped. That sort of code thing that we talk about where you would call me Kim. Exactly. Yeah. What are you calling me? I don't know. Catherine. Sarah. (laughs) Just another name completely. Tracy. Catherine. Tracy. You've never called me Catherine. Okay, that'll be it then. It's really, that's what Donna does on 90210 when she's being held captive. What does she do? She calls David Dave. And young David Silver is like, that's not right. I've never been a Dave. Oh no, I think we said mine was Cat. Because mm. it seemed more believable that you would call me an, a shorter version of my name and not a longer one. I may have had that conversation in my head, but that's what I came down to. Yeah, I think you did. Okay, good. Thank you for sharing. So they are thinking this is not him and they're begging the police to go look. They're saying things like the kids are home alone. Morgan left like crazy. They're basically lying to the police to get the police to go over there and check. And a detective goes over there 
talks to Morgan. She invites him in. She tells him the same story. They also talk to Steve, who seems like an okay young kid who's hanging around the apartment, strangely. Literally just a kid. Yeah, they keep showing this photo of him with his mouth open, like a total, like one of the skateboarding kids that Katie would walk outside and run inside to avoid. <laughs> she would. They were in the back the other day. The skateboarders? Yes. I went out the door and I went right back in. <laughs> I don't know what they were doing. They were all sitting on the curb lined up. They're not doing anything. You don't know what they're doing. They're all sitting there, probably just ate a pound of edibles. I got to get out of here. <laughs> What are you more worried about? That they're going to like hurt you, rob you, make fun of you. Number, the last one. That's the one that I'm the most worried about. Words hurt the worst. Mm -hmm. I don't want to hear it. I was asked at Ross if I got the senior discount on my birthday. What? No, that, that was a joke then. No, she wasn't. And it got so awkward. You could cut the tension with a knife. That's not real. Are you one of our seniors? What? I was wearing a mask, but I was like, what's happened to me? What? I just stared at her. I didn't know what to do. I was like, no. She didn't say, are you one of our seniors? What did she say? Should have given you all of your stuff free. I should have asked to speak with the manager. Take the store. Here's the key to the store, ma'am. Here's the key to the store. Yeah, here you go. You should have asked to speak to the manager. That would have been acceptable. This woman was in her 60s. And I was like, what's happening here? She doesn't see well. I'm literally like a foot from her. It was a confusing, painful day. You have a grand voice. That is not the case. She looked at my face and was like, she's a senior citizen. That's impossible. Not that there's anything wrong with being a senior citizen. But on my birthday... (laughs) I did not appreciate it. And I should have reported her for being on drugs. (laughs) I'm really sorry. That's really bad. That's what I'm worried about. I don't really care, honestly, if people think I'm old. I just... I'm worried people are going to think I'm pregnant. I don't want them to find something that I didn't know was wrong. That's the worst thing. Like, oh, weird ankles. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Where it's the thing that you're like, oh, my God, are you kidding? Like, what are you talking about? Yes. And then now you something else I have to be self-conscious about. I wasn't even I thought my ankles were fine. Great. Yeah. I thought I had like delicate, lovely ankles. Nope. You look like a bird. (laughs) Oh, okay. So they ask Morgan are you having a relationship with Steve? And she laughs and says, no, I'm a married mother of three. I'm 34 and he's 21. There's no affair. But Morgan has a long history of affairs, even with some of Kevin's friends. Cut to Kevin's friends, who not the ones who slept with her. And they say that she would tell them, like she would tell this one friend's wife how she was having sex with one of his friends in Kevin's bed, in the business cars. And the husband says, she's not right. There's something wrong with her. He does a hang kill. That boy ain't right. Something's off. There's something about Morgan that is off. That's what he feels like Pam Hupp. And there's something wrong there. Michelle confronts Morgan and says, I don't believe you. I don't believe your story about Kevin. What's going on? Morgan is like, nothing's going on. She won't, she stops letting the family see the kids. She's, 
hanging out with Steve. They're worried she's going to skip town. And they ask the police to watch her, but the police say, no, we have text messages from him. And don't forget Johnny, honorary mayor Johnny of the town. He saw him from the check cashing place. So we know Kevin's fine and he's super reliable. So the family is like, well, we are going to investigate. They turn into Jessica Fletcher. The brother, Chris, stake, who I loved, he stakes out the apartment complex overnight. Was he sleeping outside or in his car? I don't know. I kind of wanted more footage of that. I loved that. I really liked Chris. Yeah. Chris, I kind of loved. He looked a little bit like our friend Jesse. Yeah. Like I loved Chris. Something about him. And then the fact that he was just like, he had sort of a Keanu Reeves look to him too. More voluptuous Keanu Reeves. Yes, exactly. And so I I loved that, like, that's what we would have done. Oh, 100%. Like, if it was our fa- we would have staked it out. I love that they did a full stakeout. I bet he got, like, Sonic and, like, sat in his car. Mm-hmm. Maybe he had some monk packs. Oh, I wish we had an ad for monk packs but right now, but we don't. But that would have been good. It's just a plug because I love them. <laughs> so he brings a video camera and he's like, Steve's walking out of the apartment. Steve is going back in the apartment. Steve is carrying something to his car, but he doesn't have a like binoculars, I don't think, because he can't really tell really what's happening. So it's very much like Steve is walking. I'm sorry, what part of you thought he did not have binoculars? Maybe he did have binoculars. I don't know. It's a stakeout, Kimberly. You have a walkie-talkie and you have binoculars and you have coffee and a thermos. That's the only things I know. I know he might need night vision goggles. Binoculars with a night vision option. Okay, so... He sees Steve coming and going like he lives at the apartment. It looks like he's packing up Morgan's truck. So Chris, the brother, is on the thing like, it looks like they're leaving town. They're leaving town. Oh, what do we do? So he calls the police and says they're leaving town. I love it. But there's really no proof of that just because they're putting stuff in the truck. And there's no warrant on them either. Like they have every right to leave town. There's really nothing that you can report here. Chris follows them and they're not leaving town. They go... (laughs) It's very sad. They go to the landscape business, which is a totally normal place for them to go to. Okay, here's the deal. I feel like this is definitely something that I have done hundreds of times, which is not a lot of sleep. I'm very focused on something. And so I'm watching this house and I built this whole narrative that they're packing the car. They're packing the car. (laughs) They're going. It's go time. It's go time. Kimberly, we are at code yellow bird J yeah. go and then like, it would be like uh, this huge thing and then they'd just be going to work yeah that's exactly poor Chris it's such a letdown I felt real I Chris I see you you're doing good you're still doing the right thing Chris actually has something amazing happen right now so it all worked out for Chris he did get there's something that happens so they go to the landscaping business and the detective who's kind of on the case, but not really because he thinks Kevin's alive. He is at the landscaping business poking around because he's expecting to see Kevin there back at work and he can close his case. Sir, Kevin is deceased. I don't know how to tell you. This detective, though, you got to give it to him. He's got a lot of nerve sitting down. He also has too much faith in Johnny check cashing because... That's all this is based on. I think that he and JCC have been friends since the fourth grade. Yeah. Mrs. Allen's class. You know, they have a backstory. So, of course, he's going to trust 
JCC and JCC has 2020 vision because he tells you about it every time. Mm-hmm. So the detective sees Morgan and Steve pull up, shortly followed by Chris and his video camera. Love it so much. I hope he still has his like binoculars like flipped up on his forehead. <laughs> like he gets out of the car. He's got like the cargo vest with like the pockets are full of like stakeout stuff. He's got like a beef jerky stick and one. I feel like there's like Dorito dust all over his pants. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's dust and like a half a Slim Jim with the wrapper kind of peeled up. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so he can just lean over and eat it out of the pocket. That's smart. You just stick the Slim Jim in the pocket and then you just that. lean your chin over and you don't even have to use your hands. But then as soon as you can't bend down enough to get it, that's where it stops at the pocket. It's got the little thing. And then when he gets out of the car. All you have in that pocket is remnants of old Slim Jims that got to that point that you can't reach with your mouth anymore. But then one day you find them all and you're really happy because they never go bad. They're just packed with salt and preservatives, I think. But then he gets out of his car. When he gets out of the car, just like a puddle (laughs) of sunflower seeds comes like (laughs) spilling out like the shells come out everywhere. Yeah. That happened in Naked Gun during a stakeout. So it was pistachios. Are you serious? I've never seen it. Yeah, they open the car and the car, it pours out. Yeah. I could have written that movie. Uh-huh. Okay. So Steve and Morgan pull up. Morgan gets out of the truck. The detective walks over to the truck, sees all these clothes and laundry and a laundry basket and backpacks. And sunflower seeds. In the back. No, in the back of the truck, not Chris's truck. Oh, okay. But Steve's truck. So maybe they had sunflower seeds as well. I feel like Kevin would. No, I feel like this is Steve's truck. I feel like Steve absolutely has sunflower seeds. Also backpacks in the backseat, which brings us to the pen the ultimate question which is where are the children where are the children no one has seen them in a long time and we don't know what happened to them so there's three right young yeah i hope they're at school so see if they were planning to leave town were they not planning to take the children is that what chris thought where what's going on they were leaving the children at the preschool i don't know what's happening so Steve is in the passenger seat and he tells the detective all this stuff is in the back seat because Morgan is going to go do laundry at the place across the street. And the detective says, Morgan has a washer and dryer at the apartment. I saw it yesterday. What's going on? This is weird. Steve, why don't you come back to the station and talk to me about stuff? Because he still thinks Kevin is alive because of Johnny. But he is still thinks Steve might be up to something because of all this stuff in the truck. And Chris, the brother, is filming this whole interaction. And because Steve is totally innocent and wants to act totally innocent, he jumps in the driver's seat of the truck and speeds away, which is the correct response if a cop asks you to go downtown and talk to them. It's really smart. Yeah. It's really smart is what it is. Also, why don't you just say her washer is broken? Yeah. There you go. That's all you had to say. Also, he's leaving Morgan. He leaves Morgan there. Yeah, that's really not surprising. Bye. Peace out. Thought you guys were in love or something. Okay, so Morgan sits down on a stoop. She's very dejected because now she's sitting there with the cop. And she says, oh, my. I don't believe she actually said, oh, my, by the way. The detective says she says, oh, my. I don't think she said, oh, my. 
maybe he did do something to Kevin. Okay. So the detective is like, what do you mean? I thought I would find Kevin here back to work. What's happening? Johnny told me he saw him. I'm at my wits end with this detective at this point. He is like one of those clumsy detectives like Inspector Gadget that accidentally wanders into the truth somehow and solves the crime. But his niece actually did it for him. Like Clouseau, like the Pink Panther. Yes, because he just showed up to like close the case to say, oh, Kevin, there you are. Okay. And instead he gets a fugitive running away from the law and the wife saying, oh, yeah, he probably did murder Kevin. Also, Kevin is dead. So three huge revelations. And he just thought he was going to close the books on this case. So I seriously mm -mm. I can't. It's pure chance. They say a lot of detective work is luck. And he got really lucky. So they bring Morgan downtown and they say, do you think Steve hurt Kevin? And she said, well, given his reaction today, I don't know. Also, he just left me holding the bag. So that's nice. But he didn't really leave her holding the bag like they're at work. He just like left work. Basically, he just job abandoned. No, he also left a cop who was asking him to go downtown. Yeah, there's the ticket. Well, she finally admits, yeah, I was ha- I'm was. i having an affair. I know I said there was no affair because I'm 36 and that makes me, I don't know, eligible for a TJ Maxx senior citizen program. But, <laughs> I, but I, she's like, yeah, we were having an affair. But it's really Kevin's fault because Kevin um, was not paying attention to me and we fought all the time and I couldn't do anything right. We did not have a good marriage. So that's why I was having an affair with Steve. And coincidentally, Kevin would be mean to me every August. And so that's why I had affairs with all of his friends in August. And talked about it. And told everyone and had sex in our bed. So they're like, well, how did Steve treat you? And he, she says, Steve treated me like I was a human being. He paid attention to me. I'm pretty sure Kevin has been described as incredibly romantic. Yeah. And all he wanted to do was get married and like Mm -hmm. have a beautiful like relationship with his wife and his kids. And I'm pretty sure you're the problem, Morgan. Yeah. Sorry. No, it's facts. Someone hold a reflections mirror up to Morgan because she needs to see the truth. Does my reflection (laughs) show? So Steve has been staying at the apartment and the detective asks, what were you going to do if Kevin came back? Steve is staying in his house, in his bed. And Morgan says, Valid question. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Morgan says, yeah, I hadn't really thought about that. Yeah, because you killed him, I'm guessing. Because you know he's dead. Right. And the detective says, well, for me, um, just speaking as a husband and as a sensible person, that seems to me, Morgan, to be just, and she says, poor judgment. (laughs) The detective is like, yes, that is an understatement. Yes, poor judgment. Absolutely. So the family knows already that Morgan has a history of deception. She looks very innocent and believable and she charms people, especially men, but she is a deceiver. So when she got pregnant before she and Kevin were married and she's Catholic, she didn't want anyone to know she was pregnant before the wedding. So she wouldn't tell anyone she was pregnant and they, she was obviously pregnant. So they would say, you're pregnant. Just admit you're pregnant. We can see that you're pregnant. She'd say, no, I'm not. I'm not pregnant. And Michelle said she would wear two girdles at a time and heavy sweaters. 
And Michelle said, you're pregnant. Just tell Kevin that you're pregnant. And she said, oh, I just told him I'm on birth control and it caused my stomach to swell. So that's what's going on. And so when she gives birth, it is actually a an episode of I didn't know I was pregnant or rather my husband didn't know I was pregnant. Surprise. Because poor Kevin is shocked that a baby came out of her. By the way, that show underrated. It's life changing. I didn't know I was pregnant. I don't think it's underrated. (laughs) I think people know. Maybe just by me. Yeah. People rate it exactly as it is. It's fairly rated. It's a crazy notion that you could not know. The fact that's crazy is that it's happened enough to have like six seasons of the show. Seasons of it. Yeah. It happens that often. And half of them are in a toilet or a bathtub. Yeah, I'll bet. At least half. At least half. So the family thinks, well, she's a pathological liar. She's lying again, clearly. And the detective thinks so too. So after hours of interrogation, she finally says, okay, Steve told me he loved me and he would do anything to be with me. And then he apologized to me and said, it was all my fault. And she says, what was your fault? And Steve said, the entire situation. Again, it's one of those overly dramatic moments. The entire situation. So Morgan goes outside for a cigarette break and the detective follows her and they're chatting. It's not being recorded. And, you know, cigarette break, they're bonding. And Morgan says, Steve hit Kevin in the back of the head with a shovel. The detective is like, can we go back inside and you say that for the recording, please? And she does. She admits that Steve attacked Kevin at the landscaping garage. So then we think maybe that symbolic garage that we've been seeing is the landscaping garage, although it looks like it more like an apartment garage, but I'm guessing it's a landscaping garage. So that's where he was killed the day he left. He never really left. The problem is it's a line of garage doors. Right. So they all kind of look, ugh. It's like an industrial warehouse type garage or, which is fine. They, maybe that is their, their, that's where their business keeps their landscaping supplies. It makes total sense. So the detective, first of all, is like, but Johnny check cashing saw Kevin across the street. Oh my gosh. You're saying he's dead now? Could Johnny have made a mistake? I don't understand. My world is spinning. He didn't say that. I believe internally that's what he said. His whole moral compass of Johnny has now been shifted. His life view is now over. He feels like he's in the twilight zone. So they asked Morgan to write a timeline. And oh boy, most of it stuck to the story. More important than anything that it says, I do have to say she has beautiful penmanship. Yeah. It was beautiful. Say what you want about Morgan, but like she's an adulterer, a liar, a thief, a cheese, but she can pen a grocery list that looks like it is a wife writing to her husband who is away at war. It really is beautiful. It was like Mary Todd writing to Lincoln. Like it was very beautiful. So it says, went back to the shop, picked up kids, picked up drinks at Wawa, just like all the normal stuff that every working mother has to do. You know what's perfect for your day that looks like that? Beta brand pants. Oh, yeah. Everyone is getting out more in the world now, maybe actually going to the office, but also going to Wawa for their many soda options and soft pretzels that I've heard about and not yet gotten 
Cannot wait. It's on my bucket list. Soon. Beta brand pants allow you to wear the same pants all day for all locations. You'll look dressed up, but you'll feel comfy like you're in your sweats or your yoga pants. Beta brand customer favorite dress pant yoga pants are made of wrinkle resistant stretch fabric, which means that let's say you did have something to do with your husband's murder and then you had to go pick up your kids at school because you're a busy mom on the go. Your pants are not going to wrinkle during the murder. So when you show up to school, the other nosy Nelly other parents are not going to be whispering like her pants are so wrinkled. Did she just come back from a murder with her teenage lover? No. Oh, she looks great. She obviously had nothing to do with it. They have tons of colors and styles, boot cut, straight legs, skinny, cropped. I like the cropped because my ankles need to breathe because I do have delicate and no, I don't. A teenager just told me that I have bad ankles. So I don't know. Maybe I want longer pants to see tied it all together. Maybe I want longer pants now. No, it's it's summer. It's summer. I might want a little cropped. And Beta Brand's crop is like the perfect crop. Yeah. They do a really good crop. Plus they have the pockets. Perfect for your Slim Jim nubs, as we'll call them. Yeah, Jim nubs. Yep. There we go. Jim nubs. Beta Brand pants are perfect for like busy days out when you want to look put together. But also when you are lying on the couch and your emotional Facebook page just says, I want to be left alone. Yeah. Which is, again, my everyday. (laughs) Also, they launch new styles every week and you can get a say in new items by voting on things. It's like your spouse doesn't pay attention to you, Morgan, but Beta Brand does and does want your opinion on things. Beta Brand hears you. Beta Brand hears you. Beta Brand is listening. If you want to feel validated, go to Beta Brand's website. Check in. They want to hear from you. Right now, our listeners can get 30% off their first Beta Brand order by going to betabrand.com forward slash dateline. That's 30% off your first order for a limited time at betabrand.com forward slash dateline. Discover what it's like to be comfortable and confident all the time. What a world that would be. Seriously. Amazing. I want my beta brand, beta brand, beta brand. I want my beta brand, beta brand, beta, beta brand pants. Try the cropped. <laughs> Betabrand.com forward slash Jade for 30% off. Thank you, beta brand. Thank you, beta brand. Katie, can I just say you look great, first of all. If I was a teenager, I would give you compliments. Oh, wow. I'm instantly suspicious. What are you trying to say? Katie, tell us about BetterHelp. What? Katie doing a better help ad? I know. Say it ain't so. Kimberly, as we all know, normally does the most hilarious, the greatest ads for our friends at BetterHelp. Mm. And while we love to keep it light, the topic of counseling and getting therapy can be a sensitive one for some folks. Yes. Especially if you are starting that journey for the first time or restarting it after a long time of being away. Absolutely. So I have decided to share a little bit about my own experience with BetterHelp. Because sometimes it helps just to hear that someone you know has signed up and that this service is great. And I can tell you firsthand, it's great. It's very quick and easy to sign up. I wasn't intimidated at all by the process and I thought I would be. Mm. It's really streamlined. And while you're giving out personal information about yourself, you can rest assured that they're going to match you with the counselor that they think is best for you But you also have that added benefit of knowing that if your counselor doesn't work out for you, mine currently is working great for me. But if in the future they're not working so great for me anymore, it's free and easy for me to change counselors at any time. That is one of the hardest parts about having a counselor, if I may interrupt, is sometimes you just don't click with them or it's not working for you anymore. And then you feel like you have to break up with your therapist 
So it's a really easy process to change. I mean, that is worth signing up for just for that, for not having to break up with a therapist. Which made it very attractive to me. So they have licensed professional counselors who are specialized in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family issues, LGBTQIA matters, grief, self-esteem, any issues that you may currently be dealing with and just need a little better help. Yeah. Anything you share with your counselor is obviously confidential. So many people have been using BetterHelp that they are actually recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. More than anything, I want to encourage anyone out there who just is thinking about it or maybe wants to dip their toes into the pond of getting some counseling, go for it. That's great. You've got nothing to lose. I'm really happy I did. And I'm happy to share with you guys a little bit my experience with BetterHelp. Incredible. So if you want to start living a happier, healthier life today, as a listener, you will get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash date dateline. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. 1 million and one with Katie. 1 million and one. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash date dateline. 10% off because we can seriously all use a little better help. Woohoo! Woo! Great job, Katie. That was an amazing ad read. Thanks, Mom. Thank you, BetterHelp. Thank you, Katie. So the lists that is fascinating to me, also because it has normal stuff like going to Wawa, but then it has stuff like joked around about Kevin leaving, Kevin getting hit by a truck. What? Who joked around about that? It just says in the notes, like she's writing a timeline for what happened that week. And it says, is that what those mean? Joked around about Kevin leaving, getting hit by a truck, just plain disappearing, me leaving, divorce. It's the, it's like, so like things her and Steve talked about, I guess. She's like really open it. Give her a pen and paper and she opens up or a cigarette and she opens up. It's very weird. Yeah, she's telling them stuff she didn't have to tell them. That's not a timeline. Oh, yeah. Also, that's not a timeline. So then she says, it says, told him he was too chicken to do anything. And he texted her. It was done. I said, are you serious? He said, dead serious. Okay. We later get those texts. So that's not exactly what happened. But it's interesting that Dateline like leaves that part out. Because, you know, I paused and had to read all the list. But dead serious is a bad joke. Dead serious. Well, yeah, that's not funny. No. You just killed someone. Yeah. So at the bottom of the timeline, she writes Snapple. I thought it was a nickname. I thought for (laughs) sure it was a nickname. I thought it was like scrambles. I thought it was like an animal or like, I did not think it was going to be actual Snapple. Again, why is she telling them this? She doesn't have to. She could have left this whole thing out. It's really weird. She's an overshare, like a weird overshare. Yeah. Do you remember there was a Patreon we did where the lady is looking through her pocketbook at scraps of paper in front of the detective and she's kind of flipping through and she's like, oh, this is uh, my son's friend. And then just keeps going. And the detective goes back to that moment is like, why did she even mention that? Why did she even bring up that that was the son's friend? It was the killer. So it was like their hitman guy. But like she didn't have to mention it all. She could have just kept going with the piece of paper. So, yeah. Just keep going. 
Move it along. It's like you think like if you tell a bigger story that someone's gonna not going to recognize it's a lie. I have someone in my life that does that. And I can always tell on them like, hey, that story was too long, too detailed. There's too many details. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the Snapple, the detective says, what does that mean? They don't know. They say, I think you have something to do with this. You're hiding something. She says no. So they decide the two detectives, basically our main detective who who loves Johnny check cashing and his BFF detective friend. He like called a friend. This is not someone working the case. He like called his best friend who used to be a detective to come on down. Come hang out with me. This could be Johnny check cashing. We don't know. He could own a check cashing business now, but used to be a detective. That, I think that makes the most sense. So detective and check cashing, they go in and they're like going to do good cop, bad cop. Thank God, because this one detective is way too nice and seems to be almost smitten. That's how nice he is. Yeah. Well, but he did get her over the cigarette break to say the thing about the shovel. That's true, because he was like kind of playing into it, being like, yeah, we're friends. We're buds. We're going to go get beers. We're totally friends going smoking a cig together. So they do good cop, bad cop. And the other detective is the bad cop. And he says, the game is over. Tell us everything. Very intimidating. Not really. And more. But Morgan falls for it. She says, well, it started as a joke between me and Steve. We could take Kevin out. Like, yeah, right. Could we do something? I don't know. Well, what if we just put something in his drink? So Steve finds a recipe online for cooking up chewing tobacco and turning it into a toxic nicotine substance. I don't like this. This is scary to me. They needed to not tell us about this. This is giving murderers ideas. Do you think people at home are going to... Because we've seen nicotine before. Someone use nicotine to kill someone. Well, don't let the teenagers outside of your house watch this episode. They do not smoke cigarettes. I think a couple of them have vape pens. Okay, good. But I think they're just doing edibles all day. Okay. It's the invisible. It's the invisible ones. You can't <laughs> see it. They're all messed up, but you don't know it. That's It scares you the most. So it's better than bath salts or something. Are those invisible? Is that like a pill? What is baths? What do you do with a bath salt? You eat someone's face off. Yeah, but is it, how do you ingest it, bath salts? I think it's like a pill. Maybe a dissolvable something on your tongue. Is it like a packet of powder? Maybe, I don't know. It, I think it went out in fashion, but I still remember the face eating. So, yeah. Is our bath salts still in? I don't know. I don't want to Google it. I don't think you can get them anymore. They're not. They used to be like sold at gas stations, right? No. Yes. Yes. What? What? That's how a lot of these weird things get started. They're like, yeah. Okay. Keep going. I'm going to look it up. It's going to drive me crazy. What are you looking up? Are bath salts sold at gas stations? Bath salts for research project. Yeah, for school paper. For spec script. Bath salts for Kimberly date with Dateline. <laughs> gas station. Did I make that up? Yeah, sold in stores across the country. Packets of white powder with names like Vanilla Sky, Ivory Wave, <gasps> White Rush are being sold in convenience stores. I told you. That's right. Florida, man. <laughs> That's right. It was in Florida. The packets are labeled and sold as bath salts, but they're actually a drug that produces a meth-like high and violent behavior. Yeah, really violent. This is crazy. Yeah. 
Man, how are you selling powders at the gas station? Can we just... Well, they sell those energy ones or like for for sex, those like sex pills and stuff. They sell them right by the counter, the drugs at the gas station. Yeah, but those aren't like real. Those are just like fake marketing stuff. Yeah, you, but you don't even know what's in those. It's like not reg. Nothing's regulated. They all have weird names that are spelled wrong. You don't know what's in those. Don't take those. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, maybe don't t- buy anything. Maybe just don't buy pills from a gas station if it doesn't have like a seal on it. Maybe your health care options. Yeah, your any vitamins, supplements, prescription drugs. Don't get them at a AMPM. No, you can absolutely get a bottle of like Tylenol, like a sealed bottle. Like, do you know what I'm saying? OK, that's fair. Sealed. Sealed is OK. Yeah. If you need like cold medicine now, like and they have the Dayquil, go get it. Sure. That's fair. But don't get the ones up by the counter or the ones behind the counter. Everything at the counter scares me. Yeah. Yeah, that's no good. No. Okay. anyways. So they put it in Kevin's beloved Snapple, the tobacco mixture, because he loves the Snapple. How do you not taste that? I don't know. Yeah, that's a great. He didn't drink it. I I don't know. It's a good question. I feel like Stephen messed it up, like got the ratios wrong. Oh, most definitely. Why would you trust Stephen with this part of the plan? So the detective says, who handed Kevin the Snapple? And Morgan freely is like, oh, I did. And she doesn't have to tell them about any of this. They did not know about any of this. She doesn't. Okay. So she says, I thought it was still a joke. I didn't really think anything would happen to Kevin because I didn't really think anything that Steve put in the drink would work. So I wasn't being serious. I didn't think he would hit him with a shovel. I did the Snapple thing, but after that point, I was not involved. And also I thought the Snapple thing was just a joke. And also I didn't think it would work. So that's my story. All of that's a lie. She 100% never treated it like a joke. And all of this was her idea. Steve is not someone that's going to know about boiling, chewing tobacco, for a nicotine because my guess is that Kevin already smoked. And so they thought they could put nicotine. You know what I'm saying? That they're not going to test him for nicotine poisoning. It's not a stupid idea, but it's definitely not Stephen's idea. And maybe he wouldn't taste it as much if he was a smoker. Yeah. And maybe I don't know what kind of Snapple he drew. I don't remember Snapple. Do they have like a fruit punch? What does Snapple have? They have an apple? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's good. Yeah, You can't use the apple. I drink the diet raspberry. It's very good. Sometimes the iced tea, just the regular or lemon iced tea. I love Snapple. I have a very polarizing opinion on teas, so I can't. (sighs) Snapple is made from the best stuff on earth. So. Is it though? It's not. Probably not, but they have facts under the cap that are funny. I'm a sucker for a cap fact. So (laughs) the detective says, so you made up the text messages after Kevin was dead to the family. And she says, no, Steve did that. And Steve buried him in the woods and she tells them where. So the detectives say, can we take pictures of you for evidence? And she's kind of smiling as they're taking her picture and they thought it was very weird. And they also kind of think that she's flirting with them, which is also very weird. And you only hear audio of it where they're saying like, why are you smiling? And she's, is, they're like, are you laughing? Is this funny to you? And she's like, I'm not. She's like, I'm not. 
I believe that she was flirting with them because of what Michelle says, which is that she has this like weird manipulation over all men. Yeah. So I believe that she was for sure trying to flirt with them. Okay. How does she know where the body is buried? Steve told her, I guess. She knows like vague, I think. That's what she says. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So they issue a warrant for Steve, who is still somewhere out on the lamb. Take the lamb. I love that he went on the lamb. Poor kid. He's like 21. He's like, I'm out of here. I know. <laughs> he doesn't know anything. He doesn't know how to do laundry. He does. He can't find an apartment on his own. He probably was still living with his mom when he started shacking up with Morgan. Oh, I bet he was. He is not going to be able to survive out there on his own. No way. Oh, his mom is devastated. She thought she raised a nice young man. She did not. Sorry, Mrs. Chappelle. It's over. They arrest Morgan and they go tell the family. And Michelle cannot believe that Steve, this nice guy who fixed her lawn, did this. She's like, he had just gotten his wisdom teeth out. And I felt so bad for him that he was working out in the sun because I felt so bad that he was doing my lawn after surgery. She's like, he was so nice. I can't believe it's him. And then she's like, Morgan. Yeah, I can totally see that. I can 100% think, see that Morgan did this. So they go to find Kevin's body. And it's exactly where Morgan said it would be. They find Steve 2000 miles away in Colorado. So he got pretty far. Now they can interrogate him. He's saying it was Morgan that was in charge of the whole thing. She was texting him things like, did the poison work yet? Can't you just use a shovel? Just pick up a shovel. So she was egging him on. Now, Morgan's attorney says that the case against her is weak. She wasn't at the actual crime scene and she had no real motive besides sleeping with every guy in town. She did not have life insurance on Kevin. And they ran that business together, but he was like the head of the business. So there was no monetary motive. So why did she want him dead? Great question. We still don't really know. I think she was just sick of him. Her attorney says she would walk around saying things like, oh, I wish my husband was gone. So sick of my husband. He says she walked around with dynamite and then Steve came and lit that dynamite. He was the match. That's pretty good. It's a great analogy. I don't feel like Steve is smart enough to be the match, but I like an analogy. Yeah, I feel like there's a different analogy, but I don't know what. He was the shovel and she was the dirt and someone was the nicotine. Someone else was the Snapple in this plan. Well, no, the prosecutor's got a good one. Oh, okay. So the detectives don't feel like he was the match. He is very meek when they meet him. He kind of shakes the detective's hand and he's shaking and he looks really scared. He's like not cut out for a life of crime. He's not cut out for a life in prison either, which is what he's about to get. No. So he admits that he did it. He said, I was in love with Morgan and this was the only way to get her forever. And she wanted me to do this. She was not kidding. No, that was the only way she told you you would get her forever. Yeah, right. 100%. She was not kidding. This was never a joke. She was very serious that she wanted him dead. And after I did the murder, she was grateful. She went to the garage after I told her it was done. She stepped over Kevin's body and kissed Steve like, thank you. And said, let's get a tarp and clean up. And then she got a hose and she rinsed down the garage and helped him get the body out of there. She was super into the plan. 
She was the plan. She was the plan. The DA believes Steve and offers him a deal to testify against Morgan and charges Morgan with premeditative murder. And basically, they feel like she used the most gullible person she could find, which was Steve. She would have picked any man, basically, that she could manipulate. So this is when he says it. He says he held the shovel, but Morgan held the strings. Mm. And I was like, yeah, that's a good one, right? Is he mixing a metaphor with a puppet, though? He is, but I'm cool with it. It sounded right. And he said it very confidently. And I was like, there we go. That you can sell anything if you say it confidently. So the cell phone tracking proves that she was the one texting the family those messages, even though she said that it was Steve. God. So she wrote, sis, not a fan. Morgan goes on trial. The DA has a play-by-play of the crime, which is the text messages. So now we get the actual text message exchange from that day. And they're texting each other the whole time. And she writes to him, we ready? And Steve says, yep, at the shop now. And then Morgan says, he drinking it? Drinking, D-R-I-N-K-I-N, no G. Drinking it? Yeah, kinda. Just really waiting for him to bend over, have a shovel in my hand. Ha, ha, ha. She writes back, nice, babe. (laughs) I can't. They're writing like they're gonna pull a prank on him. Are they in high school? Nice, babe. (laughs) Good one. Nice. (laughs) Then after a beat and he doesn't write back, she eggs him on and she writes, you backing out? Again, B-A-C-K-I-N. Where are your G's? This is the case of the missing G's. And he texts back, it's done. Get here now. So those are the texts in all their glory. She was super into it. Now, her defense lawyer says... I don't think these texts prove that Morgan had a fully formed belief that she thought that Steve was actually going to do this. Did you see the same text that we saw, sir? I think you should have your law license revoked because that's foolish. (laughs) I know it's I know that's your job. And we get flack for criticizing defense attorneys. Everyone deserves a defense attorney. But come on. Honestly, I just don't know how they say things with a straight face sometimes because this was particularly ridiculous. Seriously, those texts show exactly what she was doing. She fully understood. Oh, yeah. So then during the trial, a police officer says something. We don't find out what, but it was hearsay and it could taint the jury. So the judge declares a mistrial. So lucky, lucky Morgan gets a mistrial. And then we get... But she doesn't get out of prison. No, she'll get a new trial. Right. Morgan and Steve are in jail. Now we get another twist. Oh my God. Morgan wants to keep Steve quiet. She wants him to not testify against her, even though he's made this plea deal. So she writes him a letter that in prison, she has given birth to his twins who are named... Beautifully, Jackson Thomas, five pounds, eight ounces. Liam Michael, five pounds, 10 ounces. I'll send you pictures. They came four weeks early. Beautiful. So the plan being, he's going to fall even more in love with her because she's now gave birth to his babies and he should take the fall for everything so that she can get out and raise their children. Oh, she's good. Uh, Like, 
I need you to take the fall for me because I'm a mother to these children. And you're going to be a father. But the most selfless act a father can give is to give up his life for his children. Right. Wow. Except guess what? It's all a lie. So she wasn't pregnant. There are no twins. Wow. No twins. She's like Sheila Davalu twisted. She's really messed up. Yeah. And then another surprise. Morgan is getting her neck, her new trial. And the day that it's supposed to happen, she changes her plea. She admits to first degree murder. And even her own attorney is shocked. He said he's like, I guess she believes that whatever part she played did result in a murder, even though I still not won't say she was in on anything. But her whatever her actions, her actions did result in a man dying. What happened here? Why did she change her plea? I don't know. Why do you think she changed her plea? I don't know. Maybe because I don't I honestly don't know. Was the death penalty on the table? That's the only thing I could think of. Yeah. Then why wouldn't they tell us that? Yeah. Dateline leaves out some things sometimes. Okay. What state are we in? Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, do they execute people often? I don't know. I have absolutely no idea. Well, that's one thing you should learn before you move to a new state, Katie. You should learn about their death penalty rules. Remember on The Office when they go to Florida and Jim's like, Pam wanted me to know that Florida does have the death penalty. Would you think about it? Yeah, I would, because I'm always scared I'm going to be framed for a crime, like Amanda Knox. Where is that on the list of fears? Like number 28? That seems like it shouldn't be that high up. The more datelines I watch, the more I feel like I'm going to be framed for a crime I didn't commit. It didn't used to be a fear of mine, but it's crept up there. It's now in the 20s, probably, yeah where it used to be not even on the list. No executions since 1999, three since 1976. Interesting. So rarely. Barely any, yeah. Yeah. So Steve gets 40 to 80 years and Morgan gets life without parole. And now we play the new game, which I think is, how is this person doing in prison? Steve, I do not think he's doing well in prison. Morgan is scamming in prison, I think. And I'm looking at pictures of her right now. I'm trying to get pictures of her in prison. We were at, we remember Michelle Suh that we talked about a few weeks ago and we were talking about what she was doing in prison. Someone wrote to us and said, I bet she's doing those scams where you write to men and you they put money on your commissary and you say you're in love with them, that whole thing. Uh, you're on those websites for women in jail. Oh, maybe. Do you think? Like the women on Love After Lockup, Michelle and Michelle Sa and Morgan. Yeah, I both. I think they're both on there. 100% Love After Lockup chicks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Michelle, the sister, is so happy that she's in jail forever. She said, I want her to know that I am going to get to see her kids graduate from high school. I'm going to get to see them get married and have babies. And she won't get to see any of that. She is in hell. And Michelle is... So happy about it. Good for her. She's not one of the people on Dateline who are like, I have found it in my heart to forgive them because I know that's what my relative would want me to do. She's like, nope, she can burn and I want to watch it. I thought it was kind of good. That was perfect. I loved it. Um, Did you do a Real Housewife intro? Uh, A little bit. I'm not sure how I feel about them, but I have a few. Oh, you have a few. Do you want to go first? Are yours particularly delightful? No, they are not. All right. Well, let's trade off. Okay, here we go. 
Turnaround. The heart wants what it wants, and mine wants everyone. Oh, that's a good one. It's baseline. I had two other starts that went nowhere. Mm. So that's where I ended up. What do you got? Turn around. Here's a Snapple. Or can I quench your thirst? Ooh, that's good. Turn around. For Morgan, the dirtiest word is monogamy. <laughs> it's good. Sorry, I thought she might be the kind of person that would speak about herself in the third person. It seemed right. It seems correct. Yes. <laughs> I thought for sure. But 100%. Morgan is very happy with that joke. Yeah, that's what she would say. Ooh, Morgan loves this coffee. Yeah, I think she does say things like that. I feel like, yes. Yeah. Turn around. I'll make you Snapple Crack Pop. Oh, and then I was going to go further and be like, or just do snap, crackle, pop. Snap is in Snapple. Crack is in you'll crack in front of the police pressure. But then I couldn't figure out what pop is. And you're popped by the police. Does pop mean killed? Popped on the head as in a pop to the head. Like if she had shot him. I mean, it would have worked for a gunshot. She, if she had shot him, it doesn't really make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't work. Okay. I have one more. Are you ready? I'm so ready. This was the one I wrote during the episode. Turn around. I'm a married mother. Wait, can I just say that for the other two, you went from your left to your right when you did the turn around over your shoulder. This one, you went the other way. Did that mean anything? It means I wrote it during the episode. Okay. I haven't rehearsed it out loud, so we're going to see how it works. Okay. Turn around. I'm a married mother of three and always keep my personal affairs in order. Perfect. She had a bazillion affairs. That actually sounds like an actual Real Housewife. The quenching of the thirst is the key because she's no good. They said, like, the sister said she's pure evil. I think she is. I think she's a sociopath. I don't think she has any feelings. Yeah, I agree. The way she's talking about this whole thing. Good job, babe. Is it done yet? Like, <laughs> nice, babe. Oh, my God. Ugh, the, the babe, really, I can't. I really, that's gross. No, no, thank you, babe. But that grossed me out even when murder's not involved. I don't like a babe too much. It, the office ruined, babe. Should we get, should we tour the upstairs or the downstairs first, babe? Whatever you want, babe. <laughs> B-roll bonanza. We have... Took me by the hand. <laughs> Made me a man that one night. One night. You made everything all right. right. Do you know that Kim from People Are Wild sent me a Serenity by Jam candle? I love that. I remembered that. I've looked them up. It's really funny. On Etsy. That's really nice. So B-roll Bonanza, we have a photo of the dad and the younger brother, Chris. And then it turns into a video later. It's really weird. I've never seen that before. Like first we see a photo, which I only really paid attention to because there are so many bananas in the bowl on the kitchen island, like 10 or 12, 10 or 12. Oh, I'd like a banana. There's so many bananas. They have a potassium shortage in the house or they do a lot of smoothies. But then later you see the B-roll, the actual B-roll. But first, earlier in the episode, you see a photo. That's weird. It's very strange. Is it a projection photo? No, I don't think it's a projection on the garage wall. I think it was just a photo. Sorry, we don't only get projections on the garage wall. We get them in the interview room, too. You noticed that, right? We get them in the police headquarters. Yes. 
I don't know what that means. In the interrogation room also, did you notice how big that TV was on the side of the wall? Yeah. It was like a 50-inch TV. It's for watching Amistad. <laughs> Every other police precinct in on Dateline has the grainiest surveillance footage, the most low-tech. They can't even afford pencils. And this one is having weekly screenings of Amistad every every Thursday on their 50 inch TV with surround sound Amistad and karaoke. It's great. And they pop popcorn like and they pull in big velvet chairs because it's a full movie. They have one of those popcorn machines. Oh, speaking of sorry, this just reminded me when she smiled in the evidence photos, the one that she was really noticeably smiling in is the one where she's like lifting up her shirt. Yep. To show her tummy. Mm-hmm. Probably made an inappropriate joke or. Yep. Which we've seen before on Datelines, the women making in a like I remember one lady was like, are these going to wind up in Playboy? Your husband has just been murdered, ma'am. Why are you making jokes like that? I think you do get weird, but like that's particularly weird. Yeah, it's probably true. It's yeah. Well, that's what her brother said. That was in Mystery and Mustang. And her brother was like, that's just her sense of humor. She just says things inappropriately sometimes. Okay. And you should not be judging that. I say inappropriate things all the time. You're absolutely right. We see a time lapse shot. Did you notice this? The camera's set up across the street from the courtroom and the people are moving really fast because it's a time lapse of them going in and out of the courtroom. I don't know how I don't know if I've seen that before on Dateline. We have. We have. You've mentioned it. We've seen it in one of our like first year ones, like one of the prairie ones. They do it at the prairie. They show like time lapse in wilderness. I think it might be also in the where are the children. Interesting. We see it occasionally. Yeah. We should maybe put it on the extreme bingo cards. Yeah, because it's very rare. Yeah. Let's do fashion police. Let's talk about Hoda. Is she dressed appropriately or overdressed for Dateline? I didn't notice, which means appropriate. She's wearing very large diamond earrings, probably like costume, but or maybe real. I don't know her life. She has lots of money, but huge dangly and then like a very fancy, elegant dress. So from the waist up, she looks like she's going to the Met Gala, but she looks beautiful. No, it's definitely not that because I would have noticed that. She looks beautiful. I my guess is that because they apparently don't have stylists is what you said. I'm thinking that they just dress how they want to dress. And so that's her style. She's classy lady. I do have this vision in myself of dressing like that every day. Yeah. What's her name? The woman that was on Project Runway for a long time, the designer for Marquesa. Do you know who I'm talking about? Georgina Chapman. Do you know who that is? Yes. Was she married to Harvey Weinstein? Unfortunately, I did not mention that. But I think she's so beautiful. And she like, she looks like Snow White to me. And so she dresses like that every day in like a full dress and like jewelry and heels and all that. Yeah, it takes a lot of energy. Yeah, I don't think that's my life, but I like to, it's cool. So maybe she's like that. Maybe Hoda's like that. I think she is. Well, but no, I've seen her more casually on the Olympics, at the Olympics recently. She'll wear jeans. But that's a sporting event. This is a Dateline sit-down interview. It's a sporting event. It's different. I'm just saying, regardless, she looks beautiful. She did look beautiful. It was fancy. It felt fancy. But it, it, it surprised you. Yeah, okay. I have a couple alternative theories. One, what? the guy, Johnny Check Cash. 
Oh, no, I thought you were going to say the guy that got really excited to be interviewed. The friend. Is that possible? The one from the landscaping business. Al? Yeah. The gossip? Maybe he had a beef with Kevin because of landscaping or something. Al was amped, but I feel like Al has a... Do I feel like Al has a good heart? I can't say for sure. We don't know. We did not get a lot of time with him, nor did we get a, a lot of time with Mike and Noel. The friends. Yeah, you don't know who they are because those are the two friends. Yeah. They get the aforementioned fanciest B-roll ever, including her walking down the street in a cape. Full on. <laughs> cape slash poncho situation. I don't know how I missed that. I don't know how I missed that. I was like, wow. And then we don't get them again. Then we get like three sentences with them. And she's got kind of an interesting raspy voice. And I was like, ooh, tell me more. Nope. Nope. None of that. Oh, we do get, by the way, in B-roll, a ton of people looking at their phones. Way more than most episodes because all this was text related. Oh. So it's like someone sitting on the stairs looking at their phone. The dad outside looking at his phone. Everyone on a phone or a computer screen. It's a theme. Let's do titles. All right. Titles. Snapple. Made from the best poison on earth. That's really good. Because that's their tagline. Except not with poison. I did Snapple in the front, party in the back. That doesn't work. Because <laughs> it was mullet? Yeah. What about Hoda Plot B? Because it was a big plot. Hoda Plot B? Yeah, instead of Hoda Cot B. Oh, I, I didn't remember her last name. I'm so sorry. I have to pretend like I knew that. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Clever. You're a clever one. You and your clever. Good job. Oh, I had a clean garage, but a dirty soul. I don't know what happened to me. Mm. I was writing bad titles, but I don't think you mentioned that the garage was super clean when they walked in. I did. Al said that. Yeah. That's what Al thought was so weird. That's right. What about the mangled truth? Yeah. Some. That's a great. Yeah. Because they're last mangled. What else did you have? Do you have any others? My favorite one. My best one. Yes. Oh, wait, save it, save it. Let me get my bad ones out of the way. I had projections of tragedy because of the projections on the wall. And then band name, not a title, but a band name, Romantic Kevin and the Mangles. Yeah, that's good. I would go see that band. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's good. Okay, go ahead. I'm ready. Okay, poor judgment, but it's spelled P-O-U-R. Yeah, that's excellent. Thank you. Well done. Look at you. See, your title game is really coming along. Because she remember she said poor judgment. Yes. In case anyone forgot. It's perfect. But with P-O-U-R because of the Snapple. Yeah. Thank you, guys. We hope to get new episodes soon and then we can do Twitter and stuff. Yeah. Hopefully the swimming and gymnastics will be over soon. Well, I'm sure people like it. No, I think it goes on for a minute, doesn't it? I don't, I never remember. I don't follow it, but good for them and proud of all family go America. Uh, We are proud of them because these are people that have worked their whole life for this. Very hard. I just don't have any interest in watching it on TV. So I'd rather have my murder shows. If they are, are they, if they like us, I would feel bad for them thinking that. I'm sure there are no Olympians that listen. No, I am proud of them. They are doing great. They are more dedicated to any something than I have ever been in my whole life and have worked harder. But I wonder if it works for you to say they're great. They're amazing. I just think you're boring and I don't want to watch you. <laughs> I'm just not really into s- sports, per se. Country 
wide competitions. Yeah, sports. Got yeah. it. Athletics. Really any competition. Not that interested. Maybe if it was like a game of Clue on TV, I would watch. Like a celebrity game of Clue. Hashtag marketing and Kimberly. Oh, yeah. Wow. Absolutely. What is that not a great idea? Because you could do it that it would take place in different. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, that'd be so fun. It'd be a nightmare to film, but it'd be really fun. Yeah. Okay. Thoughts for circa 2024. Yeah, we have to know celebrities and a TV network. We'll get there. Yeah, we're going to need help. We, we just, we're we're going to be there by 2023. But this could be D-list celebrities. Yeah, that's true. This does not have to be A-list. This can definitely just be like reality TV stars playing Clue. Mm-hmm. I would watch Wow play Clue. I also don't really know any reality TV stars, but maybe by 2023. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. There was a YouTube channel that had Janet Varney had one and it was celebrity friends doing escape rooms. And it was really fun. Oh, that's fun. And I would like celebrities doing murder mystery parties and celebrities doing action clue, like live action clue game. That'd be really fun. Yeah. Oh, these are good ideas. Okay. Excellent. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. You can write your best Real Housewives line. Yeah. And you have to write, turn around. Turn around at dot, 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 ellipsis. And then, yeah. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Stay fresh cheese bags. Going to keep doing it. How does Dougie spell his name? Like normal. Like, like do the Dougie. What is the Dougie? I feel like I used to be able to do the Dougie. No, I don't think you ever did. I think I thought I did for sure. That's there we go. Come on. Be kind to me. (laughs) I don't know much about your dancing ability. I have to say you could totally do the Dougie. Yeah, I'm sure you can. You can't make up for it now. I'll be right back. I don't know what it is, but you could do it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She's leaving. She's done. She's walking away. She's doing it. I don't know if that's the Dougie, but it was a good move, whatever it was. I almost am 95% sure that that wasn't the Dougie. I kind of remembered it. Teach me, teach me how to Dougie. Teach me, teach me how to Dougie. Teach me, teach me how to Dougie. Oh, that's You've great. never seen Naked Gun? I have not. Wow. As much as I like goofiness in real life, I don't prefer it in my movies. Weirdly. Yeah, that's weird. That's weird. Because you do love Clue, and Clue is pretty goofy sometimes. But not like Naked Gun is goofy. Not like scary, like the scary movie. Fr- do, do you know what I'm saying? Those kind of franchises where it's all making fun of something. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I don't know why I don't enjoy those. Maybe I feel like I take it personal. Like, that's my job. I'm the corny one. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I should like them. You feel like that's your job on the podcast or in life? In Like, I like to be, I'm kind of corny sometimes. And they're just corny over and over and over again. Right. I don't know. You hate what you see in yourself. It's that. Yeah, that's where we're getting. That I felt like. Nailed it. That's what I'm trying to get to. If I waited long enough, you would dig a hole that rev- held a mirror. You dug a hole that would hold a mirror. So I, dug, I dug a hole to my reflection in the, the pond. Yeah. <laughs> the mirror of Aristotle. And you would find. How will my reflection show <laughs> who I am? Yes. That's a song, right? Okay. Yes, it is. Nailed it. <laughs>